Aloha, welcome to the Big Dream School Podcast, where we explore the art, science, and soul of rocking your dreams. I'm your very grateful host, DJ Valerie B. Love. Inhale. Doesn't that just feel awesome? All right, let's rock this. Aloha, dream jockeys. So my next guest, Becky Strauss, is such a rock star. She literally is a star. (laughs) She has an aerospace company that she founded with three other partners after going through an up and down cycle of being a broke ass single mom and pulling herself up out of a situation that many people would not be able to recover from. And this woman not only recovered many years later, she is thriving. She is serving. She is rocking her dreams. She is traveling around the world and working in different places as a wonderful coach. She is a money coach. She helps people heal their money space. And I love her so much. She is a dear sister. And we are going to get to learn about a very special practice that is sacred to myself. It's sacred to her. And it is applicable to all areas of your life, not just your money space. And so this episode, we get to learn a very cool and powerful and simple practice that will help you heal your relationship with money. And who doesn't need that, right? I'm sure we all have got some beliefs that are operating, whether we know it or not, that might be holding us back from moving forward and launching ourselves to the next level of our big dream and our mission on this planet. And so I am so pleased to introduce you to my sister, Becky Strauss. All right, everybody. Aloha. I am here with my giggling, sweet soul sister, (laughs) (laughs) Becky Strauss. And I would love to invite us all to just take a big, deep breath together and get in your body, get in this moment and just get with this beautiful offering that Becky is going to share with us about the energy of money and healing our planet by healing our money space, by healing the divine gift of money in our lives. She is a total badass (laughs) and a creative change maker on this planet who is with us. So I'm so grateful to be with you, Becky. But let's let's do a quick little a quickie inhale. <laughs> I, I know you already did. We're gonna do another one. That's right. I like quickies. We can quickies. have two in a row. Woo! <laughs> I love it. All right, everybody, let's do it. Inhale and exhale. Awesome. All right. So I'm so grateful to be here in Boulder with Becky in her beautiful mountain home. And she's getting ready to do something that's really magical for people on the planet who are manifesting things in their lives. 
She is going to live on a tropical island for a few months and do her work remotely because she has designed her life in such a way that she can do that. And she can live here in the mountains and be in service. She can go put her toes in the sand. She can provide value for people across the world because she set these intentions out. And not only did she just set intentions, she's putting action behind all of her intentions and she is in right alignment with her, her work. So I'm super grateful to learn about everything. How'd you get here, Becky? How did you get to a place in the world where you can go put your toes in the sand for a few months and still, you know, earn a great living and do the thing that you're meant to do on this planet? So yay. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, let's see. That's a good question. Um, I think it started when I was working in uh, a corporate environment in the aerospace industry and I was, uh, which is like just extra stuffy, you know, or, or maybe not extra stuffy, but extra rigid. And I just thought like, what, I'm not going to retire and then go be happy and then go relax and then do the things like, why, why don't I just do it now? Like, how about I just do it now? And just that, that was like when the idea was born. And then I was working with a coach and he, um, his name is Rich Livin and he, uh, helped me craft a statement that I want to work in beautiful places around the world on projects that I'm passionate about with people that I love working with. Mm. And it took a few years, but now I'm doing that. Now I'm doing it. (laughs) So, and so how did you get from the seed where it's, you're like, yeah, I'm going to go do this thing. And here's my statement. Yay. Cause a lot of us have these, Oh, here's my vision board and here's my statements and here's my, (laughs) my wish list and my bucket list and all the things. Like, how do you go from that to actually like, you have a plane ticket booked in like 11 days or however many days, you know, and you're doing this and this isn't the first time, like you did this earlier this year. So this is your new, your new normal is Mm -hmm. going back and forth from mountains to oceans. Like that's Mm -hmm. the dream for so many people. So how did it, what roadblocks did you have in the way to getting here and what, how can you share with us? Like how the heck are you, how'd you do it, Becky? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see. Well, I started with, um, well, I have a manifestation list that I use that I read daily and I put, each of like the major life categories for me are on there. And then just like a few things, a few sentences for each of those categories are on my manifestation list. And then I read them every day and then I'm just open to them. I'm like, okay, universe, like how's, I'm so curious as to how this might work out. And so it was just that for a few years. Like when I left corporate aerospace and then building my own aerospace business with a few partners and then doing my own things, um, just doing my own other businesses and small things like that. Uh, And then once I settled into working from home, then I realized, well, home can be anywhere anywhere I want it to be. And then I tried 
um, you asked about obstacles. Then I tried like, oh, I'll work here for a week and there for a week and there for a week. No, no, <laughs> that does not, that does not work. That is not part of this model of success. <laughs> that does not work. So I learned, you know, uh, through personal experience <laughs> that I want to go work at a place for like one to three months at a time and go really experience the culture, really experience the local people, really experience what it is like to live somewhere else. And then I talked to one of my friends who does this more often and she gave me some tips and now I'm just doing it. Now I just, I, I've just taken all the steps. I have a very minimalist wardrobe I have bold accessories and plain clothes, which are so much easier to pack. Let me tell you. And I've gotten way less attached to uh, an over poofy uh, beauty routine. And I just really simplified my life and really embraced a level of minimalism, which has just added so much value to my life and gotten rid of so much, um, mental energy that I was spending on like things that I didn't need to worry about while I was traveling. Big. I love hearing, I think that's not something I would have expected to be in this conversation right now, oh, you know, like surprise. the, the minute, well, it's true. Like to, to be able to like get up and have that sense of freedom. Right. Yes. And not feel like I've got 20,000 loose ends over here. Yep. How can I go be in another tropical place or a mountain or wherever? Like I, it, it's a great thing to know. Like, yeah, minimalism is super it's valuable if you want to go do these things. Oh, absolutely. I would say having this type of lifestyle, not extreme minimalism, but moderate for, you know, your individual self minimalism that just takes it to a whole new level of enjoyment. Wow. That's, I, I remember I used to live on a sailboat years, like 20 years ago and everything I owned, I could fit into the back of my Honda Accord hatchback. And it felt so good to know that like, you know, at any moment, whether it was on the boat or my car that I could just go do life. Mm -hmm. And I was younger then and I didn't have kids and I didn't have the whole thing. So it was this like sense of like, I got this, this is like my mobile backpack, you know, mm-hmm. like the boat or the the little hatchback, you know? Um, but that's such a great feeling to know that you can do that. And now that you've accumulated so much talent and wisdom over the years, being in aerospace and I mean, holy cow, you started an aerospace company with, with people that you guys are going to change the world and how we can go be on other planets. I mean, the first planet, you know, I I say S I'm already dreaming big for your company. (laughs) (laughs) It's an appropriate dream. (laughs) But I feel like I'm super like, wow, how do you do that? And you know, you were a single mom for a long time, just like me. And it's like, how do you be an entrepreneur, a single mom, a spiritual woman, this, woman who's like out there trailblazing technology on our planet. I mean, that's, and, and you haven't had an easy road. This isn't no. like, Oh, here you go. Here's my, yeah. you know, uh, God bless y'all. If you have a trust fund and if you've got like millions of dollars sitting in the bank, heck yeah. But that's not your backstory. No, not my backstory. <laughs> no. And, and you've had a lot of, of pain and, and hardship in your life and you're still just like, I'm doing this thing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, my dream is to go make a big difference and to do it on the beach. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And up here. (laughs) So how do you, how did you get through 
like I know Becky and I are in a sister mind group together. So like a mastermind group. And so we, we started this group about a, what, a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and almost two years, I think like in the spring, it'll be two years. Oh right? yeah. Yeah. In the spring. So, it'll be two. um, so we know a lot about each other's backstory, but we're still getting to know each other, of course, you know, and I know that like you've, you have come out on the other side of some serious stuff. And so what are some, what are some tools that you have that are like indispensable for your life and that other people who maybe are single parents or, you know, don't have the million dollar bank account to go start rocking some dreams? Like what are some tools, some spiritual practices that, keep you moving forward. And this episode, we're talking about our money space, you know, mm-hmm. which is a form of what I want you to say, because you <laughs> okay. say it so elegantly. <laughs> All right. I very, very clearly see money as an expression of divine love in the world. And how has your, exp- how has your life experienced that expression? Like, have you always had you know, I know that you haven't always had a million dollars, trillions of dollars to to play with in your life. So how have, how has money and your healing around money, how has that been for you? And where are you at now? Well, I feel like I've, I've experienced a lot of the spectrum with money, although not the full spectrum. I will say, as a little child, like seven, eight years old, that's when I started queuing into money naturally on my own. So that's, you know, that tells me something about my spiritual path in the world is that is something that was naturally on my radar as, as before people were talking to me about money. But since that time, yeah, kind of as you said, I haven't had the easiest path. I've definitely catapulted myself, (laughs) uh, up from what could have been just a really devastating place down and, and where to stay, you know, a place that I could have stayed. Um, I got pregnant when I was 19, um, with a fairly dangerous and abusive man, um, who probably had good intentions, I imagine. And they just came out really terribly. (laughs) And, uh, so I didn't have much money, obviously when I was 19 and didn't, um, make much money when I was with him either. I was in the air force and supporting him and his son and our daughter and his dad. And I, I'm still grateful for that time period that I was able to provide for so many people at such a young age especially doing something so, so interesting as I did in the air force. But I found, I have to say, so you asked about tools. So during that period of my life, when I did not have very much money, I found such delight with my daughter, just playing, looking for like, what, what what are the free ways that we can play out in the world? And we had just had an amazing time in nature. We did so many things in nature or coloring things like art, like public art events that were free and things like that. And I think, um, even though, like I said, I, I learned about money inherently some sort of natural way or spiritual way at a very young age when, um, when Zoe was young and I didn't have, um, 
money when I was in the Air Force or didn't have very much of it. And we were seeking out those free things. It was just, I wish the audience could see my big fat smile. (laughs) It was, it was just, I I think what I learned there was money doesn't really have anything at all to do with happiness or fun. And that's not to say we wouldn't have really enjoyed a helicopter ride over Tahiti or something (laughs) like that. But I remember having a fantastic time with her um, playing in this still standing, but, uh, empty and rotted out tree stump that was maybe 10 feet tall. We had a blast. We had a blast in there. So for me, sure, you can do things with money that are fun, but it is by no way necessary to have fun. I'm hearing you say that like you, you really, you took time to nourish yourselves and it doesn't have to obviously cost a ton of money to go nourish your relationship with your daughter, to nourish your soul with beauty of nature, to nourish, you said free art, you know, of course, art to me is like heaven, right? And so it's like, how cool is it that we have all of these resources? So you sound quite resourceful, Becky. Oh yeah. Very resourceful (laughs) and very resilient. Yes. Those are two things I identify with. And and, And so it's like, you, you know, you named that you were married to an abusive man, you know, and it's hard to, it's easy to fall prey to like the victim mentality. It's easy to fall prey to like, you know, poor me and the whole thing. And I'm stuck here. And somehow you were like, I'm out of here. Like at some point, you know, of course, like I, I, I've been in different relationships that have been abusive as well. And it, it, you think like, well, what if I stay a little longer and what oh, if yeah. he'll change or what if this changes and what if I'm better or what if, what if, what if, what if, you know? Mm-hmm. And at some point it's kind of like, okay, this isn't going to shift. Like this is the relationship that we're in and mm-hmm. it's not healthy. And, but it is easy to get beaten down. Right. Oh yeah. And how, how, beaten down. how did you get your mindset in a place how did you heal your mind? How did you heal your heart and your soul after being in a relationship that, you know, obviously it's easy to look back and things and be like, Oh my gosh, that's so obvious. Like, (laughs) what was I thinking? You know, but it's like, fuck, I'm in the middle of it. And you're like, and you got a kid and you're like, you're going to do the best you can. So how did you, how did you heal your mindset and your soul after that so that you could keep moving forward and being this super strong, beautiful mama that you are? Well, I, um, held a very, and still do hold a very high value on unconditional love. And I would say that unconditional love is, you know, has integrity in it, like doing the right thing when nobody else is watching, but it's also, you know, acting from a place of love for others as well as myself. So they are not more important to me and I am not more important to them. And so from the place of unconditional love and then also, you know, then being a single mother of a seven-year-old, I I just decided I took excellent care of her and I decided to start taking just as excellent care of myself. And I definitely prioritized my spirit and my soul and my heart right alongside with my mind and my body. 
something must have shifted because you said she was seven. So it's obviously you had a seven year, at least seven years of dealing Mm -hmm. within a relationship that didn't serve your soul. Yeah. And what was the, what happened? What was the, what was the point where you're like, I'm done. Like this is, I'm taking care of me too now. Was it a gradual thing? Was it a like, you know, one day you woke up and you're like done. Like what, what was that experience? Well, that, that was a pretty intense experience. So his, uh, okay. His method of getting me to stop, to like stop saying something that he didn't want or, you know, stop him from like setting, burning the house down or what have you was to strangle me. And he knew just the right amount to not leave marks, but to scare the living shit out of me. Um, he also had substance problems and was, I am not sure what he was on that night, but, um, uh, I just had a near death experience with him and, um, he was strangling me, but this time he was holding me, um, uh, against the wall and my feet were not touching the ground. And I had this moment of awareness of like, wow, I have like three to five seconds left to live and I'm like going to be murdered in my own dining room. Like the, of the place I pay for, like, this is not cool. (laughs) Like what? I just really did not see my life panning out this way. And then somebody, I don't know who, because we lived more out in the country, somebody called the police and the police came in the door in that moment. They busted the door open and came in in that moment and he dropped me and I fell on the ground and... Oh, I have goosebumps right now. And I lived like I lived. I lived. And I was like, okay, there's a reason that the the police like mysteriously, and maybe it's not so mysterious, like somebody, somebody knew something called the police, I assume, but like the, the mysterious to me that they just showed up in the moment right before and like, damn, I haven't lived long enough to have like my life movie flashing before my eyes. It wasn't that long. <laughs> you know, I was only 28. And so, uh, I are 27. I was 27 then. And I just, you know, the police just looked at me and said, Hey, he's telling us that he wants to kill you. He just almost killed you. And this is like the eighth time we've been here this year. And by the way, did you notice all the stuff that is burning in the fireplace now is yours and not his. So if you want to live, you should probably go into hiding because with this level of person, these, like, this is when spouses get murdered. And I think I was just in shock, but you know what? I had a seven-year-old girl that I said yes to. I said yes. Could have had her be adopted, could have had an abortion. So many things could have happened and they didn't. And we have, I mean, we made it through that. We went to, well, she went to two years of regular therapy, like professional therapy after that. Uh, I went to five years. Wow. I think I just said something really intense and then just skipped right to 
logistics and numbers and stuff. So I just want to like, just take a moment to appreciate my 27 year old me and seven year old daughter who didn't get jaded hearts from that experience. Wow. Or that, those series of experiences that culminated. Yeah. Because she saw most of the physical abuse throughout the years. So, so, started from the bottom of the barrel <laughs> that night. Let's go to the inspiration part. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you this I, I, you know, when we were planning on this podcast, it was like, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about the divine energy of money. And it's like, it's nice to be on the surface and be like, yeah, here's the meditation and here's a prayer yeah. and let's do the thing. And it's, it's not that easy just, and I really appreciate you being so vulnerable and open and honest. And I know that this is not a, a light la 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 thing to talk about for you. And I know you've yeah. done a lot of healing around it and I am grateful that you're speaking of it. And I imagine there's listeners in the audience who might actually be in the middle of it right now. There might be a woman who's listening to the story yeah. from you who is wondering, can I make it out alive? Can I get out of this situation? Am I trapped here because of money? Am I in a relationship with a child, with a person who's hurting me? And because I'm not financially sovereign, can I get out of this? And I'm wondering if anybody is out there who's thinking that to herself or himself even mm -hmm. that is like putting up with physical or mental or emotional or sexual abuse because they're in a money situation that doesn't feel empowered, you know, and your story is inspirational because you were young and you didn't, maybe you didn't have the right people around you to support you or you didn't know the right tools or the mindset or whatever it was. Because yeah. once it happens once and you, it happens again and again, it's like this, it's this downward spiral and you're like, can I ever get myself out? And you get in deeper and sometimes you do have to kiss death mm -hmm. and, and tell it to wait in order for you to start bouncing up from the bottom, which is like, wow. And 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 that's what I love this trajectory from like we're we're on the beach and you're doing the dream and <laughs> it came from knowing that you're never going to get let, let yourself be in this other situation again and so the journey is it's so important for all of us to hear mm -hmm. I think because there are people out there who are on the verge of, of death physically literally and emotionally you mm -hmm. know and it's like can we revive our lives is there hope? Is there power? Can I do this? Yeah. And, and the answer is yes, you can sisters and brothers. Mm -hmm. There's, there is hope and Becky is living proof. For sure. Living proof. And so let's talk about <laughs> that 27 year old, beautiful woman who, you know, had the daylights nearly knocked out and strangled out of you. And now you're, and I, and I, is this okay to keep going? I, I don't want to. Yeah, I'm, I did a lot of therapy over the years. And so, yeah, it is. And if there's even, even one person, if I can tell the financial part of how I rose from that, if there's even one person, even one person that this helps, then 
Yeah. I'm just patting my chest, patting my heart. <laughs> it's true. And I know that's why I started this whole podcast and this whole project. Cause I'm like, if there's one person on the planet who hears any of these messages oh, and, yeah. and their life is saved in one way or another, it's worth it. Yeah. So you're worth it. If it's, if it happens to be your lucky day, Willy Wonka listener, <laughs> you're the one, then heck yeah, we're doing our job. <laughs> so, so this beautiful 27 year old is, is like rose up. And I think it's interesting too, because 27, 28 years old is like the, there every, Yep. Se seven years, there's the thing and different, whether it's an ancient, um, mm -hmm. with certain, there's different traditions every seven years. So that's about a seven year yep. cycle for you, almost 28. So yep. holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. You're like, yeah, Val, uh -huh, I got it. Okay. It's a real thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll talk. Do you want to elaborate on that? I don't want to like mess it up because in Kundalini yoga, it's one thing and, and, um, Chinese medicine, it's another. And so I just want to, What's your thing with every seven year cycles? Um, well, my uh, initial awareness of it is um, in the Jewish religion and Jewish culture, every seven years, you forgive all of your financial debts. Oh, interesting. See, this is a whole new one. This is not familiar with what I, I'm <laughs> talking about. So I love that we get to chat and drop in. Yeah. So every seven years. And so do you feel because debt and money is a financial expression of the, you know, it's the divine, an expression of the divine, like, holy cow. So, okay, let's, let's, can we keep talking about your, you know, so you let you, you're done, you're moving forward. Were you working in aerospace at this time or were you working in, with the military? Like in the Air no, Force? I wasn't in the military and I had not yet gotten my first job in aerospace and, and the, the financial part of my uprising here was, that, yeah, I was supporting all five of us or four of us, I think at that time with my job, but you can't be in hiding and go to work. So for months, um, my daughter did not go to school. If this was during the school year, she did not go to school. The police, um, the truancy people were contacting and the police were like, this is a, like a, um, serious risk situation. Like he was, he was pretty hardcore and he did, did a lot of drugs. So you know, um, so my friend from high school let us stay with her and her family and we just stayed inside or in the backyard and I did not work, but I did apply for disability stuff or not disability stuff, Medicare stuff. And I had a lot of police reports to show. So I received that and for two months we, and I filed for divorce. Um, and then for two months, I, we, we just stayed, we just stayed in hiding for two months. Like I think maybe my parents knew where we were and that was it. Um, but nobody else did. And then I really wanted to get a job after the two months. I'm not the stay and hide at home person. Um, there was a tremendous amount of victimhood feeling that I had. And I am like way too pissy on the inside to stay in that very long. I just can't. I, I mean, I can, but it almost becomes harder for me to 
to stay in victimhood only and not rise up. There's something inherent here that I think is in all people um, that once you find it, once you find it the first time, then you find it. And I think I found it in that near death moment also. Like there's nothing I won't try. I mean, we were like dancing naked in the living room with <laughs> a few friends a few days ago. And I, I don't think anybody else got all the way naked, you know? Like, you, you were the super naked one. I know we, we were having our, our, our sister mind Christmas party, holiday, holiday party, excuse me. It was our celebration. And yeah, we had a dance party in the morning. And yeah, that's what, that's going to be our new jam is starting because, I mean, nothing can go wrong if you're dancing naked with your sisters. I yeah. mean, everything's great. I mean, of course it can if you're in public and get arrested. But in your <laughs> living room, it's a great thing to do. High rec yeah. high And on the beach. Uh-huh. Uh, that's beach, what we do right in Maui. Beach. Yeah, the right beach with the right non-people there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um Okay. So, so circling back, you're moving oh, forward right. and you're empowered and right. And so I needed, I was just like, I need to get a job. So I applied for some ridiculous jobs. I applied, um, one that was not ridiculous was to be a mail carrier. I was like, cool. Deliver mail can do. I'm, you know, in a broken state can do that. I got turned down. I, um, applied for a temp job to, file to scan legal documents into a computer and make sure they scanned. Oh yeah. That's the whole job. <laughs> oh, I could, I could see you totally going absolutely batshit crazy doing that because knowing who you are now, some people that's like a great job. And totally. People, it's perfect. Cause it's like, sweet, I could do this. And other people yeah. like, you're not that person. So uh, I want to be clear here. I have no shame about doing that job because that bought us no. a little bit of groceries yeah. and like I was, I'm a thinker. You you are. I <laughs> and that know. was really hard yeah. for me to do that. Yeah, yeah. I know. I filled ketchup bottles like that. It was like, okay, I can do this for now. And I know this isn't my lifelong mm -hmm. yep. work. Yeah. Yep. Cause it's, it's, it's doing what it needs to do now. Yep. And so, so that's cool to hear about the, you know, like you do what you got to do. Oh yeah. I, I have no like, shame oh, about that. Beneath me. Nope. No, no, no. It's like, you no, what you, you got to do. Freaking do what you got to do to survive and mm -hmm. to get Just make to it the happen. next level. It's not. Yeah. I love that about you. Yeah. And then about a year into doing random, um, temp jobs, uh, of that sort, uh, that was putting a little bit of food on the table. Um, then I, I finally secured an aerospace engineering, um, or as a position at an aerospace engineering company that built on my college education and my experience in the air force with, avionics and things like that. And, um, I made some wonderful friends there. I recovered there. Like I recovered there. I think I was in counseling the entire time, the entire five years I was at that job. I was in therapy at the same time and it's just wonderful people. If I hear you, I hear stability when, when I hear you talk about that and I hear a sense of patience with yourself in recovering. Cause it's not, when you leave a dangerous situation, when you leave an abusive relationship, it's not just like, cool, the door's shut. I'm done. Ha <laughs> ha. Yay. No, no. God, no. especially <laughs> like you're dealing with your child too, who, you know, where's daddy? Why aren't we doing this thing the way that it was, you know? And it's, it's gotta be so many like layers of complexity. It's not as simple yeah. as like, I'm just going to break up with this guy and move forward, you know? And so 
and then just replaying all the old stories in your head so that you can heal. So you don't do the same thing again going forward Yeah, in other relationships. And so that's a lot. And so you, you, you moved forward, you got stable, which feels really grounding and good. And it's, and then you started, I really want to emphasize that part still, because I feel like a lot of us, you know, Becky's really, really awesome at the Enneagram. And I highly recommend that y'all go learn the Enneagram stuff because apparently I'm a seven. And <laughs> <laughs> what do I devolve into one stuff? So any of you Enneagram people, you'll know all this stuff. You'll be like, oh, I already knew that about you. Um, but but I, I feel like you, oh gosh, I lost my train of thought because of the Enneagram. <laughs> all excited. Okay. I think you were depending on to either stability or patience. Cause I can talk about patience. Well, and yeah. How this intervenes with how it intertwines with healing and money. Yeah. Well, and then, okay. The seven, I was bringing that up. Cause it's like, I, I just want to jump straight to the fun and oh, not yeah. do the thing, not do the, he, you know, the healing. And it sounds like you took the time to let yourself heal and do counseling and move forward and not bypass the wounding that was inside and, yeah. in, in, you know, and that's something that I I'm learning how to do in this next round of my life is like <laughs> not bypass the stuff so, <laughs> that needs to get healed. <laughs> so it sounds like you did that. And I really love that and honor that for you. And I just want to invite listeners. If you're going through, don't, don't bypass. <laughs> no, I mean, had I bypassed the healing part of money at that time, because I was like back down to minus zero at that time, even though I had built up money from the time I was 19 to the time I was 27, I built up money, but then I lost it all in, in the divorce. Um, and then, but I did healing on, on my money then too, as well as my spirit and my heart and my mind and, and things like that. And, Part, part of the healing with the money was just seeing what is and what do I, where do I want to be and how do I climb up Mount Everest one foot at a time. And since that's a real long journey from sea level to Mount Everest, like what are my base camps? Like, what are my milestones? What are those? And that was part of the healing. And I worked with this really wonderful, um, just like an investment guy in Michigan who just showed me this like snowball method of paying off debts and beginning to invest. And I, I Val, I, I think my first investment was like $25 a month. Did you hear that? 25 bucks a month. And you can, now you're an aerospace woman, <laughs> entrepreneur and philanthropist, like, holy shit, dude. Like, that's amazing yeah. to re remember. Like, it doesn't start with the big thing. It no. starts with the little things, no. you know, and, and, and you kept this mindset though, and you kept this heart open and you, you do magnetize things to you, to yourself. And yeah. so that's something it, you seem like you have a lot of you have clean energy around things. Like you've done the work to clean up your energy, you yeah. know, and we talk, you know, we'll dissect a lot more about our energy and energy leaks and energy vampires and all the things as we move forward and talking about money and energy and life and energy. But you, 
it, it's just, it's, re- you're freaking remarkable to me. <laughs> Thank you, Val. And, Thank you. And, but I like what you said too, about you didn't get jaded. Like you're not a bitter, like mm, fuck men and fuck, you know, yeah. you're totally not that person at all. Like you are just the biggest heart and the most love and the sweetest woman and, and, and just so much love, you know? And yeah. it does, you, yes, you can feel pain and yes, you can feel oh, slighted yeah. and yes, you can feel like a victim for a minute and you don't have to live there. Yeah. Same thing. Like you don't have to feel depressed your whole life. You don't have to feel anxious your whole life. Like, yes, you can feel that honor that that's what you're experiencing and you can evolve mm-hmm. and, and you can elevate your life and, and keep moving forward, which I think is just like, I love watching you continue. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, Becky's going to be doing zoom calls from the beach. And I just love it. I think it's so powerful. Um, and so, okay. So can we talk, I, I, I don't, I want to be mindful of our time. Um, I want to, I want to dive into the practice that we did. Oh yeah. Cause we can talk, I mean, I can talk story with you all day yeah. and we can keep doing that, but I, and I have a feeling we can, um, you can make like an eight hour podcast. I know, dude. I'll be like, <laughs> I was telling Becky, like I'm listening to Tim Ferriss. He's got an episode with Stanislav Groff. I think it's like th- I want to say it's three hours and 40 minutes or it's something insane. And, and I'm, and I love it ever. I love listening to the interview and I love the, you know, I like long form and medium form and short form and (laughs) I like it all. (laughs) But, um, but, but so I want to share with the listeners. So, you know, we do the seven day experiments and for those of you who haven't listened to this podcast before we do Every week we do a seven day rock your dreams experiment with with one simple thing that we practice. And so Becky and I were talking about the podcast and we're like, what do we want to share? I'm like, what do you want to share with the world? Like, what's your gift? What's your offering? What's your magic? And she's like, you know, healing around money, you know, and Mm -hmm. that's something that you have great experience with and, and you coach people on how to do this. And I think it's magic. And so we did a really cool experiment using a Hawaiian tradition to heal the money space. And so this is our first, this is my first time getting to do the experiment before the podcast with, with my guest. And so I feel like we got, we already did the experiment. So it's not the like, Oh, what should we do? Let's talk about it. And so we got to do it and we were buddies. And so I'm going to let Becky explain what the experiment is around our money space. And when I say money space, so we can explain, you can say, explain that too. Okay. Um, so when we say money space, what we're talking about is the spiritual or energetic place of your being where all your beliefs about money are held and maybe subconscious beliefs about your money are held and any maybe spiritual or karmic tendencies with money might be held as well. Any patterns too. And so, um, I'm getting my sheet here. I have my 70, seven day, not 70. It's really different experiment. (laughs) Uh, Seven day rock your dreams experiment sheet. And uh, so we did, we did financial healing via Ho'oponopono. And Ho'oponopono is a Hawaiian practice. I forgot what Ho'o means, but Pono means good. So it's something about 
goody goodness. <laughs> That's the American translation, according to me. And um, why this experiment matters to me is I just said it, it, it matters to me because I know that I am here to facilitate global healing, healing on a global and individual both level of people's relationships with money so that they can instead see it instead of seeing it only as a tool for like evil or greed or I don't know, pick one of the seven deadly sins, right? Then people can see it as an opportunity for expression of divine love. And so the way that we did... Can you explain the Ho'oponopono process? Too? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. And the song is really good with the process. So the process is very simple. You sit down, ground yourself. We'll do it together right now. It's very short. If you're driving, I think you can do this while you're driving. You can totally do it while you're driving. Okay. Totes. Just keep driving. Yeah. Keep driving. Just keep looking at the road. Just listen here. <laughs> <laughs> so you take a deep breath. And I always um, say a prayer and ask that my, uh, you know, experience or the prayer that is to come or the thing that I'm manifesting or asking for is um, in divine alignment, in right alignment for the highest good of all. And then the way I do Ho'oponopono is I just focus on myself and I say, I'm sorry. And I just let that sink in, like, sorry to myself. And I say, after that has sunken in, well, actually, then you can say to yourself, please forgive me. And then when you feel like that's sunken in enough, and you say, I love you. To yourself and let yourself feel that love. Really let that I love you sink into every cell of your body. And then the final step is to say thank you. Just thank yourself for loving yourself and forgiving yourself. And that's it. Is it really that simple, Becky? <laughs> <laughs> it is so simple that even your cat can do it. <laughs> even your pussy cat can do it. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> I love this practice and I loved being your buddy and doing this with you. Yeah, so that's great. So can we talk about a couple examples of like how to apply this and like, if, do you want to share a couple of yours? Maybe I'll share a couple of mine because I, I feel like, I think that the reason why healing our money space is so important is we make choices around money. Mm -hmm. You know, some of us make choices to stick in a job or take a job or a client or something because it's like, Oh good. Look at all this money. However, it's not in alignment with God, with spirit, with universe, with our heart and with our values. But 
we think that we need to operate sometimes from a place of lack and scarcity. Mm -hmm. We think we need to operate from a place of, you know, not overflow and abundance, but like, oh, I have to get mine, you know, and mm -hmm. if I get mine, then it means she's not going to get hers. And there's a competitive energy around money sometimes. And sometimes we operate from a place of not enoughness or not worthiness around money and luxury and abundance. And so it really, there's a lot of, of toxic thoughts and energy and mindset that we have in money, mm -hmm. in our money space. And it can lead us to be in dangerous situations. It can lead us to be in unhealthy situations, you know? And mm -hmm. so it, it, it's so important to have, to me, a healthy divine relationship with money yeah, and not that it's the source of all evil. It's like, it's a, it's an energetic expression of God, of the divine, like you said. And I think that's such a great way to phrase it. Um, and it is, it's a tool and it's a tool to do great things on the planet. And so having a healthy relationship with our money space, I think is like, it's paramount. Yeah. It's not like an option. Yeah. It's not optional. Like I think you have to have a healthy relationship with money in order to do the work that you want to do on this planet, which is create change and transform this planet into what it can be, yeah. which is this harmonious, you know, symphony of humans and life and earth. And we have to have this magic. And so, so do you want to share maybe a couple of your experiences from the week and I can, sure. you know, reflect and share mine too. And then that way the listeners can, we can, you know, this experiment's going to have a different sheet that we'll give to everybody. We give a dream sheet to everybody. Um, well, I'll design it in a different way so that it's in alignment with how we did our experiment. Yeah. So, yeah. I think it'd be cool. So, all right, let's hear it, Becky. What's cool. one of yours? All right. And I just want to say real quick, I'm a super fan of seven-day experiments. I've never done this before. Oh, cool. I do more like three-month experiments, and this little shorty was fantastic. Oh, good. I'm, I'm going to implement this into my regular routine. Oh, good. Like, that's the intention is like, do the seven-day and see if it fits in your life. And then if it's something that's like, this is how I want to, my life, like to have a habit yeah. like this, then that's the intention. And some of them you'll be like, nah, I don't want to do the snap thing. That's mm -hmm. stupid or, you know, whatever. Yeah. But some, it, some things might stick. So yeah, that's yep. good. Goodie. Yay. <laughs> Seven days was just the right time for me to go. Oh my God, it worked. Wait, did it really? Oh my God, it actually did work. Oh my God. <laughs> like, it, it, you know, you know what I mean? And it didn't feel overwhelming, but it was long enough to convince me. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. Yep. So, um, so I was surprised that I even had this many dysfunctional or whatever, or like less than optimal money beliefs. So that in and of itself was, I, I loved seeing that. So, okay. So to put context to that, so what Val, DJ, Valerie B, love, and I decided to do was to write down, just like get quiet and then write down a money belief, like uh, one that would be like less than optimal and then do a very mindful ho'oponopono and then write down like, okay, money, what do I think of? And then write down what came after ho'oponopono and oh my God, you guys totally works. Like I could not <laughs> believe it. It does. I was already a fan of Ho'oponopono, but I think it's because I thought it was beautiful and it felt sweet. But then I do this and I'm like, no, 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 no. There's results. There's scientific results here, people. So one of mine was my before on day two 
was in order to receive money, my boss has to be happy with me. Yeah. And then I did Ho'oponopono. And then my after belief, without trying anything, just letting what came up come up. Um, I said, even if I don't have any money at all, my heart will be okay. <laughs> just like I learned when my daughter was little. <laughs> like, everything was okay. We didn't hardly have any money. So I let go of this idea that my boss had to had some control <laughs> over my my personal financial space is amazing. Another day that was really loud to me, um, as I look at my sheet here, cause I wrote everything down that really seemed like healing and like trusting in the divine or, or source or universal source or whatever God, you know, whatever word you use, you know, um, I wrote, I have to try hard in order to receive money directly. And then I did a mindful Ho'oponopono. And then my after belief was the right money comes to me at the right times from the right places. <laughs> I don't even have to manage it <laughs> or, or manage where it comes from. I can just do the thing that I'm supposed to be doing. I can just do my life path and then the right money will come because I'm going to show up and take action and things like that. And I don't have to like stare at it to come at me, you know? Right. I, I think it's this, uh, some people have like a misconception of the law of attraction and the secret and some other people, Oh, you just have to sit there and no. it shows up. It's like, <laughs> not that that's exactly what that meant. I think people like gloss over what the truth of the, yeah. the message is, but it's like, it's not about just, I'm just going to sit here and someone's going to knock on my door. It's like, <laughs> Do the work inside and do the work outside too. Yes. You have to match the insides and the outsides. I have another guest. I love my, my friend, Michaela. She was talking about like her work is really about getting the insides and the outsides of your life to match. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I love that. Yay, Michaela. Yeah. Um, that's a great episode with, with her. So we'll, you know, we'll talk about that, but I, I feel like we do have this at one of mine and I'll share it cause it, it's similar to yours. The one, I have two that really are, are big. Um, like I have to grind in order to make money. Like I have oh, to do yeah. this grinding energy. Like it's the, yeah. it, in order for me to earn like a lot of money, it means I have to grind hard and be mm -hmm. in this like hard state of grind. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and it's like, is that true? Can I magnetize wealth and money into my life without having that. So I did the whole, that was my first one. It was the, and so I did the Ho'oponopono practice. I do Ho'oponopono a little differently, yeah. like I, which you can do in how, whichever sequence feels correct for your being. I start with, I love you. And then I say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. And then I say, thank you. Um, and so, so there's, there's no right or wrong way to do it. Do it in the way that feels yeah. natural and, and in alignment with your flow of your energy and your healing process. And the, the magic with Ho'oponopono, you can do it to anything like, you know, your friend, your relationship, you can do it with your body. You can do it with the river mm -hmm. because you used plastic straws yesterday and, you know, plastic stuff, you know, anything you want, you can Someone apply. Someone's past. Yeah. And in old relationships, just the intention is to heal that energy. And mm -hmm. it's like, it's a magical thing that happens 
because there's this shift in the fabric of our energy around it. And so, and so for me, like I got to do that practice with the grind and it turned Mm. into like, no, the gift of money can come to me. Same with you. If I'm doing my purpose, if I'm living my divine truth and sharing gifts, you know, I still have to do the things. Oh yeah. Prayer with action. Prayer with action. Yeah. Such good manifestation tool to understand that. Yeah. It's not about, yeah. So I really want to get that clear. There's no magic, like (laughs) <laughs> I've got a, I've got a crystal and a mantra and now I'm going to be a millionaire. It doesn't work like that, dudes. You got to do the work, <laughs> but, but clear the space so spirit can provide you yeah. the gifts. You know, um, one of the other old beliefs that, that I had was, um, you know, I, that I should give away my services to help people because they're mm-hmm. suffering. That's a huge one for me still. Like, and I still have more hope. I have to probably do like a thousand rounds of Ho'oponopono on that because I I feel like, oh my gosh, there's people in the world suffering. So I should give away my gifts so that suffering doesn't happen anymore. And that's not how the energy of the universe works. It's like same thing with the mask on the face, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, you need to be supported first in order for you to be able to help the kids in the chair, you know, next to you on the airplane kind of deal. Oh yeah. The air, the oxygen, the oxygen mask. Yeah. Yeah. Put your own on first and then the other people. Totally. And so it's like, I've gone through many segments of my life thinking like, well, they need it more than I do. It's like, no dude, you can't do the thing without the resource of oxygen and same. Yeah. That's the unconditional love. Yeah. Everybody's included. Yeah. Not everybody out there. Yeah. It's yeah. Including me, right? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Including you. Everyone is concluded, including you. Isn't it? It's like, and I'm, I'm listening to, um, codependent no more by melody B. I don't know if you say Beatty or Beatty. Have you read that book before or listened to it? No, but I, I probably could have been one of the, (laughs) one of the examples in there. I'm sure in the past. It's so funny. Like the, the, you know, there's a whole chapter on just like, what's the definition of codependency. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure everybody on the fucking planet is codependent in one way or another (laughs) on something or another, you know, um, depending on whose definition you're asking, but it's really like, the caregiver's disease, you know, of really like, oh, I'm supposed to go help everybody and be in service and la la la. And it's like, yeah, that's cool. And put, put the oxygen mask on dude. Mm -hmm. And, and I think, you know, remembering like, it's okay to have an abundant oxygen mask because then you can give more oxygen, you know, to, to more people. And so, you know, I'd look at like Bill and Melinda Gates, like, could they do the work they were doing on the planet if, they weren't, you know, billionaires, you know? And so it's like, it's okay to have resources and be a redistributor of them. And well, I want to pause you there. Yeah. yeah. It's appropriate, at least for some people to have resources and redistribute them. Yeah. Yeah. For some people, (laughs) some, some people have a different life path, you know, right. But like, let's take Jeff Bezos, for example, I think, I believe last I saw, he was the richest man in the world. Mm -hmm. And I also believe that last month he gave 2 billion with a B to, it has something to do with like pre-K and kindergarten and just early, early education. 
um, funding for, you know, er areas, impoverished, impoverished areas in, uh, I don't know, like bigger cities in the Pacific Northwest. Okay. My details aren't great here, but the point is he gave $2 billion to that. So money is not the root of all evil. No, it's, it's, it's your intention with it and your execution. Like what do you, if, yeah. if all you're doing is, you know, just buying Porsches and keeping it to yourself. I mean, great, go get a Porsche, but how many do you need? Like, yeah. and, and I'm not saying you can't have a few, as long as you're doing something else, <laughs> like have your car collection. I know there's car collectors out there. It was interesting. My daughter and I were at the, um, the Denver art museum yesterday. I don't know what museum of art. And we were looking at the, the donor wall, mm -hmm. you know, and I think the largest donation to that particular group was like $25 million, mm -hmm. one person or, you know, a couple. Mm -hmm. And then there's of course all the other people. And she's just like, Oh, why would anybody donate 25 million? I'm like, probably cause they have 250 million. <laughs> Because <laughs> they've got more and it's like, you can only have so many mansions and palaces and all the things. And it's like, okay, I want to make my community better. I want to make it better yeah. through art. I want to make it better through education. I want to mm -hmm. make it better through healthcare and through technology and through interconnectivity and water. I was just listening to a, um, a podcast interview with the guy who started charity water and, oh. and uh, it was Gary Vaynerchuk's interviewing him. And it's just like, Yes, make the world a better place so that we can all go do higher levels of things. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, it's okay to attract massive amounts of wealth in your life so that if you choose to you know, be a redistributor, enjoy the luxury mm -hmm. of, of the gift and then redistribute it in a way that you think is cool mm -hmm. instead of just, okay, the taxpayer dollars are going. It's like, no, be that redistributor goddess and superstar, you know? I mean, I guarantee if bigger money more than you need to take care of your immediate, you know, that like bottom line on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, if more money than that is coming to you and more in excess is coming to you, it's for a reason. And whatever that thing is that you're passionate about, that's, you know, service related, that's why you got that money. It's so that you can give to ocean cleanup or young people's education or, you know, water, like f clean drinking water is a passion of mine. You know, wh whatever that passion is, whatever that service passion is, that's why you have that excess money. Yeah. That's why it was brought to you. And, and it, what can you say to listeners who have this? I, and I've had, I still, I'm, you know, this Ho'oponopono practice with the money I get, to, I'm going to be doing a lot of it. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. We're going to be integrating yeah. it a lot. Um, some, there's an old story sometimes that I still struggle with. That's the, like, I, I don't know if I can handle this much money. It's too much responsibility. It's too big for me. What if I make the wrong decisions with the money? You know, what if somebody takes advantage of me? Um, how do you heal that? Like obviously do the Ho'oponopono, but what's an, you know, people I think have a limiting belief around attracting big dollar amounts to their lives because of that. Yeah. So I kind of had that, um, you know, as you know, I, I continually grow and expand as does my business. And so I kind of ha had that. So I hired somebody to help me change those beliefs. <laughs> <laughs> I just like hired another person who was really into the ethics and spirituality and love and <laughs> everything of money and who has worked with the uber wealthy and, she just knew the right things to say and the right things to do and to help me see it differently. 
So I just, I just saw a problem and then I was like, well, gotta fix that. Oh, I'm going to hire Melissa Hoyer. Did it. Is she the financial planner you recommended to me? Yes. Okay. And so I went with another group, but I'm, I'm going to go back to her for some other, I think just up leveling. Yeah. I'm ready for another level of, of, of some of that. That's another thing, guys, like get a team of experts and people who you can trust and that will help guide you forward. That's a big, um, yeah, just find the other yeah. ethical, spiritual, yeah. financial people. They're out there. And if you're not sure what that is in your area, then look for people that do SRI or socially responsible investing. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good thing. It's a great starting place no matter what city you're in or where you might be, you know, in the world. It's a good, good, good thing. Money for good, baby. Yeah, divine expression. I love it. It's just a tool. It's another tool for divine expression. It's so fun. Will you be, when we air this episode, will you, uh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping we're, I think we'll air this episode when you're in Hawaii Mm -hmm. with your toes in the sand Mm -hmm. and maybe we can do like a little Facebook live. Oh yeah. And we can do like a little check-in. Hi, Becky. How's it going? And we can have you like tuning in and hi. Oh, that sounds delightful. That sounds delightful. We can do a whole Pono Pono together just before. And then I'm sure there'll be like a flower in my hair and an ocean breeze. I know. I keep looking at this thing and thinking it's a plumeria flower or something. It just was reminding me of a flower in your hair at yeah. some point. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be so good. Yeah. So, okay. And so the song of the week that you chose, oh, let's hear this song. Okay. Let's hear it. Okay. So there's a woman who I've never met. Her name is Noelani Love. <laughs> like twins with Val. <laughs> and, um, yeah, you guys must be cousins since you share the same last name. <laughs> We're spiritual cousins. Because <laughs> yes. yep, she's yep. in Hawaii. Yep, <laughs> she's in Hawaii and she her name is Noelani Love. And uh, on the album called Lakshmi Lullabies, uh, song number 11 of 11 uh-huh. <laughs> is Ho'oponopono. It's titled mm-hmm. Ho'oponopono. And she just goes through those four sentences. But in song, instead of in like speaking them like we did. And I just like, sometimes I listen to this when I'm like driving to Denver or whatever, and there's like traffic and people getting irritated and stuff. And I'm like, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) I love you. It's okay, man. You'll be fine. Just do a little ho'oponopono of your own and you'll drive slower and it'll be fine. So it's just, it's like a two minute song and it's just wonderful. It's wonderful. And I think it's great for driving. I will say this too. I think it's great for driving. I put it on repeat for driving because it's not like too meditative to where you would not want to listen to it while you're driving. Got it. it yeah. It's just beautiful. I can't say enough wonderfulness about the Lakshmi Lullabies album. I hope I'm lucky enough to meet her someday because... As soon as you said like her, like I'm like, of course you're going to meet her on this, either whether it's this journey or the next journey of mm-hmm. your back and forth piano oceanic uh yes. is that how you say it pan across the oceans right yes. so yes. yeah <laughs> your adventures of entrepreneurship and and rocking the planet with your dreams i have a feeling you guys will you ladies will connect somehow yeah i just well, i'll be the lucky one for sure she seems really wonderful <laughs> you both be the lucky ones you are such a blessing yeah. becky is such a blessing in my life and i'm so happy to have you share time Aww. with 
the big dream school tribe, our, our dream jockeys. Whoop, whoop. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag love fest. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. But you know, so the other thing, and we'll, I'm going to do a whole nother episode on our sister mind and just not just the, the, the essence of what we've created with ourselves and yeah. like how to duplicate that in your own tribe and really create and cultivate what works for you in a community and in a setting that it's so supportive and we have had our ups and downs girl let me oh, tell yeah. you oh yeah but mostly ups but we have had yep. some times where it's like oh my gosh really uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like stick through it you know and it's like I just I, I know we, we just had our celebration our you know for the holidays and it was just like whoa we're, we're here in this magical energy that we created and co-created together. It's okay. We got the kitty cat oh, joining okay. our, our, it's okay. <laughs> but I just think it's so cool. And I, I really want to do probably a little series on, you know, what is a sister mind or a mastermind? How do you set it up? How do you not implode? Um, <laughs> or how, do, or how do you let it fully implode? Yeah. And then like a Phoenix rise from the ashes. Uh, uh, yeah. All the, all the, <laughs> yeah. Then you have a super strong sister mind. Totally. And be okay with that. It's like, just like you had to, we all, I've, I've been at the bottom of life and we've, you know, there's hope sisters and brothers. So yeah. just know that it's okay and find your tribe. So that's what we're magnetizing here for, for ourselves. Um, do you have any last little nuggets of, of wisdom, of truth, of one thing? What's one thing, Becky, that... Let's, let's say in 2,500, in the year 2,500. Okay. So this is something that I've, I've played around with and I, and I want to remember to do this on every episode. And I, you know, we think of the seven generations forward, seven generations back. And it's a, an era, I believe it's an Iroquois and other traditions, but they talk about, you know, making decisions now that will, you know, affect, think about seven generations ahead of you. Yeah. How will seven generations from now if we say the year 2,500, how will they know you were here? How will they know Becky Strauss lived hmm. and walked on this earth? Well, if I, if I look forward to this, how it would optimally look would be no one would know my name. There would be an anonymous book written of timeless wisdom that changed humanity's norm normalcy or um, state of normalness around money um, from the belief of money is the root of all evil. Cause it seems like we use that as a way to conquer and hurt each other in addition to help each other. And instead the normal belief and the normal way of being is, um, Money is, as I've said, is a tool to use to express divine love in the world, just like sharing a meal with someone or giving someone your minutes or, you know, we hold, we hold so tightly to money, but you can always just get more money, but you can never get more minutes. <laughs> and so... Um, in my view of 2500, the year 2500, we would 
see our minutes as the highest value thing and money is another tool to love each other with. Drop the mic. <laughs> <laughs> that was so beautiful. I love money as another tool to love each other with. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. How do you feel people listening to this? This is like, that was beautiful to me. My heart just like melted. Mm. Cause it is. Wow, Becky. It totally is. You can, you can throw it at people's heads or you can put it in their hands. Mm. Either way, you can do whatever you want with that tool. Just like we can do whatever we want with food or, you know, our, you know, our intelligence, our technology, all these things can be abused or used for goodness. Mm. And my dream world would be if we could all see the myriad of ways to use money for goodness and it be an unspoken assumption that of course, of course, that's how you would use money. It would be to express divine love in the world. Yeah. Oh, I love you. This is awesome. (laughs) I love you too, Val. I love it. Oh, thank you. It just, every time I'm with you, I feel like, I grow and I elevate and I expand and I become more love. Like, thank you for helping me become more love. And I hope everybody who's listening gets to experience the same. And just where are we going to find you, Becky? Like on the beach, obviously you're doing coaching. (laughs) You're doing what's up with you. You're going on different planets here. (laughs) (laughs) How can everybody get some more of my beautiful sister, Becky Strauss? Um, well, I'm not sure where you'll find me in the world because <laughs> I love the mountains just as much as I love the beach. So we'll see. Um, but, uh, in, in the technology space, um, you can find me at, uh, Becky Strauss dot love. <laughs> I love that you got the dot love. Yeah. I, I dropped all the other ones and got dot love Becky Strauss dot love. And you can reach out to me there if you would like to experience some, um, or just talk about, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. We'll just, I'm not for everybody. Let's, (laughs) let's be clear on that. But, um, if you want to read some, some things about how divine love, uh, can be expressed through money, go to Becky love. I love it. And Becky is, is extraordinarily intuitive. I I don't want to use the P word. Can I use the P word? Sure. I identify with that. And she's very psychic and has a lot of beautiful gifts in addition to her left brain ability to manifest things and get, get shit done on the planet. She's, she does it too through an intuitive and a, a lens that is really extraordinary. So working with Becky is like, whoa. So yeah, she's definitely not for everybody, but if you resonate with her speaking and how she, she vibes around money and spirit and soul and transformation and up-leveling your life, she's definitely somebody that it will rock your world. (laughs) (laughs) So it's hard hard to be humble when I hear that, but I still feel humble, but yeah, well, Thank thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. I love you, honey. Mm -hmm. All right. So, all right, dream jockeys. How about we all do a big old inhale and then uh, 
I will leave all the show notes and the links and everything in the next little segment and you guys can get your, your downloadable sheet and everything. And it's going to be great. Oh yeah. Do the sheet. Everybody do the sheet. It was so great. So much better than I thought it was going to be. And can you, would, would it have been as potent if you didn't have a buddy? Um, absolutely not. No, I don't know if I would have, I mean, maybe I would have finished it cause I would be curious, but for sure needed to have the buddy yeah. or, or got so much more out of it by yeah. having a buddy. And we did our buddy system on Voxer. And so I think that was super helpful because it wasn't overwhelming where we had to, you know, pick, pick up time. the phone and yeah, yeah, do the thing. It was like Becky would Vox me and be like, okay, I did my Ho'oponopono and this is what I did. And she would leave me a couple minutes of a message and then I would yeah. leave mine and we could listen to them at our convenience. You know what made this good, Val, was we held the value of um, simplicity and depth. It was like, it doesn't matter, like how long this takes? No. Healing, high priority, simplicity. Great. I'm going to leave you a Vox if you don't have time. Right. And that felt really talk. good because yeah. it didn't feel overwhelming. Like, Oh God, I didn't call her or do the thing. And, yeah. and a couple simple check boxes and just like making a couple little simple columns and one yeah. thing, like one simple thing. That's the whole jam of mm -hmm. this experiment for all of us to do. It's not about redesigning your whole life. It's about doing <laughs> one little thing at a time and that's it. So yeah. yay. Oh, I'm, I'm glad it, this was really fun. Like I'm super glad we did this ahead of time. It mm -hmm. gives I think it gives more depth. It's going to be my new, it's going to be the new jam. Um, Sweet. So our experiment yeah. about an experiment beforehand. It's leading me to change <laughs> the way that I'm going to do interviews. Yeah. I, I have one scheduled this week that I didn't have time to do the experiment with, but uh -huh. ahead of time, but it's, I really like this format. It feels like the way to go. Awesome. So yay. Yay. <laughs> yay. Okay. So, all right, kiddos, people, adultos. <laughs> <laughs> what? There's no adults here. I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> All right, everybody, let's inhale. All right, may this podcast serve your soul, your divine purpose, your big dream. May it ignite your heart. May it ignite your dreams. May it set your intentions free and empower you with tools and strategies so that you can be a part of this divine masterpiece, creating the world of our dreams. Mm. Aloha. All right, dream jockeys. Go to djvaleriebelove.com forward slash zero one four money healing. And you can download your free dream sheet and get ready to heal your money space this week. And it's going to be such a cool practice. I love that I got to do this already with my beautiful guest, Becky Strauss, and it's going to change your life. Ho'oponopono practice is what we get to do. And you can, when you learn it, it's the simplest tool in the world and you can apply it to everything, not just your money space, but your relationships, your health, the planet, everything. And it feels like, whoa, really? Something this simple works? Yes, it does. I promise. So we're going to have so much fun and I'm really, really excited. So I'll see you guys over in the Facebook group. Woohoo! Thanks again for listening to this awesome Big Dream School podcast. 
If you received any benefit and you like it, it would mean the world to me. If you could please take a moment to send us a review on iTunes and subscribe. It will help us get this message and these tools out there to all of the big dreamers like you. Thank you again and many, many blessings to you in your day. Aloha. Aloha.